Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. I'm Lisa Stone, and you're listening to Parenting Aces. Welcome to Season 12 of the Parenting Aces podcast, a proud member of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and this week we have returning as our guest, Hernan Chosa, who is a tennis parent, a former professional tennis player, and a parent educator based in Argentina. He is such a great guy to chat with and to learn from and is doing such good work in terms of writing articles, providing content for websites and podcasts such as ours, and also doing one-on-one work with parents who want to do a better job helping their kids achieve their goals in tennis and really in any sport or high-level pursuit. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Hernan. And before I bring him on, just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, we'd love for you to become a premium member of Parenting Aces just go to our website, parentingaces.com, and click on the join button to see your options. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with fellow tennis parent, Hernan Chosa. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hernan, welcome back to the podcast. It's always lovely to chat with you and hear your beautiful accent from uh, down below the equator. (laughs) So welcome back to Parenting Aces. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for having me today. And it's been a while since we've talked in our first conversation. Yeah, a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Though we have stayed in contact and you've been really good about keeping me up to speed on what's happening in your life with your writing. And and we're going to delve into that a little deeper. But before we do, I would love for you to just kind of give our audience a little refresh on your life in tennis and how you got started playing the game. Uh, Yeah, I started playing really early at six, seven years old because it was um, a major tennis player in Argentina called Guillermo Villas. And there was a massive change here. And it at the beginning, it was an elite sport, and he made it massive. So my parents uh, promote tennis on me and in my sister. I started with classes. And then I really enjoyed the game. You know, uh, I, can, I can spend hours at the wall. And 
as time went by, I become better and I try to to practice more. And then I start playing the tournaments. And at 14, 15, I became very serious about that. And then I made a, a kind of career. You know, I played the pros. I've been 300 in the world, played some majors in the qualifying of French Open and junior tournaments too. So it was a, a pretty nice path for everyone. You 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 travel around the world, you meet new people, you challenge yourself also. It's a, it's, it's a nice sport, it's a big sport. And uh, nowadays, uh, it's very maybe difficult to kids to, to play tennis because there are many choices, but tennis is a main sport, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And now you're the father of two boys. Um, they're not kids anymore. They're, <laughs> they're growing up. But can you talk a little bit about what made you decide to introduce them to tennis and kind of how things shifted for you once you were the parent of a player instead of a player yourself? Uh, in fact, tennis was a natural in my family because I was married. I'm married to Marian and her brother plays tennis with me on the tour. And my two kids, since they were three, four years old, watched me play. And we start uh, on, a, on a small court or maybe in the wall, just hitting balls and in the streets also. So they developed the skills really early. And I didn't know back then that they weren't so good. They, they were copying my tennis, you know. And I thought I had a, a couple of stars and it wasn't that case. And what happened to many parents is that they start to to live the the other kids' life through sports and not mm-hmm. make them develop their own inner, inner drive. And I make many mistakes on the path, but it was a, a very fully feeling because I have uh, tons of experience of what not to do. And the good thing is... I it's a big now, club, Hernan. I'm in that club yes, too. <laughs> yes. It's getting bigger. It's getting bigger all the time. And and the good thing is I can play right now with my two kids. One is 25 and one is 24. And we play the three of us and, and we have a good time. And it wasn't uh, so nice back then, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And you went through something similar to what I went through with my son, which is your older boy decided that he was done with the sport, um, stopped competing kind of cold turkey. And and you and I have talked before about, you know, that feeling of loss when your child decides to stop training, stop competing. And it's not just that that they're stopping something that was a big part of their lives, but it also pulls you away from something that you've enjoyed and invested a lot of time and energy into as the parent you have a social life around your child's tennis, your, you know, your, your weekends or holidays are all spent traveling to tournaments, sitting at tournaments. And um, so it is a big loss when, when they decide that they no longer want to pursue the game at that high level. But what you've done in recent years is use that to help you help other parents and explain to other parents how to change their mindset around their child's pursuit. And you have a a book called Parent Shift, and and you've been doing a lot of writing about that exact topic. So I want to delve into that a little more with you today and um, talk about what, what do you mean by parent shift? Uh, there, there are a couple of things that, that you said. 
that is a big shift when your son quits, in this case, tennis. Uh, maybe you feel the loss. In my case, I feel a relief because the pressure was too big for me because as a former tennis player, I wasn't supposed to make any mistakes. Mm. You know, I had that pressure. So for me, when he quit tennis, it was a relief and it was an opportunity to change myself because my relationship with my elder son, it was broken. So I have to change. And that's what I mean when I mean parent shift, that you have to change to change the relationship with, with your son. So I have to travel a hard path, maybe one, two, a couple of years. I wrote in that moment, my son is a tennis player. Uh, that is a, it's maybe a narrative about the, the junior circuit. And it's in an ironic way. And it starts to me to realize that many parents had the same thing, you know. They try to make their kid, the son or daughter, make certain things and, and they, they, they slow down their inner drive. So I start, as you say, writing or being a podcast uh, guest. Um, I'm making some workout to, to, to create some awareness because uh, you know that there isn't an industry about this topic. Right. We have to cre- you have to create the industry. We have to create the the pain point because every parent don't realize that he's making some mistakes. You know, he thinks that he, the coach is doing the wrong thing, or his son or daughter are doing the the wrong stuff. And and I, I encourage parents to to take a look inside and and be aware of their own actions, and they can make a big shift in the son or daughter results for sure. Mm. And and when you say, you know, that that we as parents have to be the ones to change, can you give us some specifics on things that we need to be reflecting on and maybe doing some work on ourselves? Um, the main thing that that uh, I think we can work on is uh, the way we speak to our kids. We have to be aware of our words because our words are like a sword you know um the way you behave maybe your, your kid is playing a game and you're scared and you transmute that scaredness to your kid you know so um we are some kind of a mirror they copy our behaviors so we have to be aware of our actions or maybe we we say okay this match is very tough and that 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 kid plays so good and and, and we are we are we're developing some fear in, in our son, you know? Mm. So our words are key. And the first thing to be aware of, and another thing is maybe want to say something to a kid. Maybe stop five seconds, think about it. And if you want to say, say it. But don't, don't say the first thing it comes to your mind. Don't say the first thing, but for sure it's going to be wrong. For sure. <laughs> That is true. That is true. And, and you know, typically our first impulse is just to kind of blurt, right? We're, we're, we're speaking from a place of passion, a place of love, a place of wanting to help. But as you say, our words don't always transmit the message that we intend or think we're transmitting. It's not always received in the manner in which which it's intended. And and we know kids, you know, they they hear things sometimes differently than what we say, or sometimes they hear them exactly as we say them. And we don't realize that 
we're saying them in such a way to cause upset, fear, anxiety, whatever it is. Yeah, there's something, you know, when I was a, I was playing junior tournaments in Italy, and you know something, when you're a player and you don't know the other guy, maybe you can beat him easily. And afterwards they say, hey, this guy is ranked number five. I said, it doesn't look to me that he was so good. Mm. Once I was playing first round at an Italian tournament under 18, and I lost seven far on the third set with a guy, red red guy, that I thought, this guy is not so good in red clay. How can I can I, can I lose with this guy? And that guy was Wayne Ferreira, oh. number five in the world. But I didn't know him. Yeah. And I said, okay, this guy is like me, you know? So maybe when we speak to our kids that the other the other players are so good, we are scaring them, you know? Mm-hmm. Now the message is you can beat everyone. You can beat everyone. Just right. just go to the corner and do your thing, you know? Right. And this is why you play the match, right? We've we've become so bogged down and caught up in the whole ratings and rankings thing. And oh, you know, I'm a nine and he's a 10. So I'm I've lost the match before I've even walked on the court, right? And it's really a shame. And we've we've done a lot of episodes lately about ratings and rankings and and the appropriate way to look at them and use them to to really help our kids in that long-term athletic development rather than focusing so much on this match, you know, this win or loss, what's it going to do to my rating this week? And yeah, it's very tough as parents because what else do we have to glom onto? That's the ratings and the rankings are black and white. They're right there. It's easy, you know, to look at that and, and use that as a gauge. Yeah, but you know, something I, I realized over time, uh, at the very beginning, I was focused on my, my kids' technique, and I realized that tennis as every sport game and life is a mind game. If you don't believe in yourself, nobody will believe in you. So forget the rankings, train your kids' mind. Search for a pro to train your kids' mind, and maybe he don't succeed at sports, but he will succeed at life for sure. I was very focused at the beginning technique. It's nice to have a, a nice technique, mm-hmm. but the mind game, it's everything. You have to believe it. How do you find someone that is good at training juniors on the mental side of the game? What are some things that, you know, if you had to go back and do this again, that you would look for in a coach that would indicate to you that they know how to do this piece of the athletic development? You know, something I've been reading a lot lately about mine, I read about uh, Tim Grover, Kobe Bryant's coach, and Michael Jordan's coach, David Goggins, an, uh, an amazing guy, he was a former Navy SEAL. Uh, I would go with a guy that can dominate his mind, you know, because maybe you find a guy that is a psychologist, he has the badges about it, but he, he don't even govern his own his own life, you know. So you have to to search for a person that can develop himself and be a strong minded. So it's a it's a third thing. And the other thing is important in kids that there have to be certain chemistry between the coach and the kid, you know. And and, and that bondage is is very difficult to to get. And when it breaks, it breaks. Yeah. So I, I have many coach coaches with my kid, and I switch coaches. And maybe I made some kind of mistakes, but uh, coaches have to be aware of that bonding. And, and, and kids, 
at the very beginning are 100% in. But then maybe for some mistakes, they, they, the bonding starts uh, to, to, to break, you know. And, and my kid quit at 15, but he didn't quit at 15. Maybe he was quitting at 12, 13, mm-hmm. 14. And that was the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're searching for that coach, are there questions that you know now that that you can share with our audience that you wish you had asked of those coaches that didn't work well for your son? Uh, you know, uh, as a former tennis player, I was kind of... Um, I knew certain things, you know, when, when things will go wrong. So sometimes I have maybe four or five coaches of my kid and maybe one listened to me and have a really good bonding was the one who, who developed El Potro, Marcelo Gomez. That guy listened to me and he, he understands that I know the game, but the other, the other kids, maybe the other coaches, maybe, maybe are some kind of jealous. You now what he's talking about. So it's different, mm-hmm. it's difficult. And when you're, not from the from the sport, it's better because as you don't know, it's it's easier. So, um, but there are certain things that you can do to develop your mind. I can tell you really quick a couple of things. Mm-hmm. You have to do the things that you don't want to do every day. I just written a, a book. It's called "Put Your Mask On First. It's, it's in Spanish and translated on English. And uh, I'll talk about all that things because. Uh, life isn't easy. Yeah. So if you, if you want to grow, you have to get out of your comfort zone. If you do things every day outside your comfort zone, you will grow. So you have to put yourself in such place. Then you have to search about a good environment, a competitive environment, not a negative one. Mm-hmm. You have to, to to you get people that challenge yourself and and not get jealous about your your, your wins. You know, mm-hmm. people to support. You maybe in tennis, there's uh, the environment is very it's very important. Now the other day I told you that I went to Madrid to see uh, to watch a, a master thousand and, and, and a players team maybe four or five players and and I, I went I went to see uh, Francisco Segundo and I was talking to his father and maybe it's not an amazing coach that you need to be a pro. You need an amazing environment because you are traveling every week. You're traveling too many weeks and you're too many weeks outside from your home. So you have to be uh, in a happy mood. You have to be comfortable. So you need uh, some kind of environment, you know? Mm-hmm. And Fran, just for our listeners, Fran played college tennis here at the University of South Carolina and is now on the pro tour and is in Paris at Roland Garros. And, um, I, I haven't followed him so far this week. I have been a little distracted, but do you know how he's doing in in Paris? Yeah, he's in the second round. He won yesterday. And I have a, a, a couple of, of highlights because I, I know him very well because he used to play with my elder son, Julian. And when he was young, he was um, maybe four in the country. He wasn't in the best of the country. And he played totally different. He has... Maybe uh, a low forehand, no backhand, and he didn't want to to run, but he understood the game. You know, he understood the game, and he was a tough guy, a strategic guy. And something weird happened because he went to college, and he he spent there maybe six months, mm-hmm. 
and, and he came back. And he didn't tell no one that he was coming back. Mm-hmm. And when he was at the airport in Buenos Aires, he, he called his father, he returned, and, and he said he wanted to play in the tour. And he said something important because he, before that, he put every ball on the court and he said, no, I want to hit the ball. I want to hit the ball. And, and his, his father said to him, okay, if you want to hit it, you have to hit every ball. So you don't hit half, you hit everything. And now he's one of the most uh, prominent players on the tour. He's 25 and he's 23 in the rankings. Mm-hmm. He made quarterfinals in, in Rome. He, he beat uh, Sinner and he, he's close to the top 10. But he listened to his inner voice, you know. He said, I want to play this way. There was no good or uh, uh, in his side that said to him what to do. He decided that's what we need to our kids to understand, that they have to decide. Parents have to understand that kids have to decide. It's not an outside decision. It's an inner decision. Do you know what his dad's response was when he came home from university? What? How did his dad respond when he just showed up at home after leaving for university um, in the States? Yeah. He was very happy because when he left to college, he was kind of upset. His his father has an academy and he mm-hmm. coached many players. And he has also a brother, a brother that has an amazing track record. And the other important thing is that his brother, Juan Manuel, was the star of the family. He was number one in every every under 12, under 14. He won the Orange Bowl. But now Fran is the star, you know. He was the underdog and he switched that thing. So it's a very competitive family. You have a competitive environment. Yeah. That's important. Do you think that has really contributed to Fran kind of climbing the rankings so quickly now um, that that competitive family environment and the fact that the family respected his own desire to play a certain way and then supported that pathway for him. Yeah, uh, that was key. And, and the other thing that was important that he has no sponsors. So he got some money from college that they paid something and he, he went to play uh, three futures and maybe he he won a couple and maybe won some finals. So if you if you know too many players have sponsors because they spend a lot of money for many years, his brother has a sponsor, but himself didn't. Mm-hmm. So now all the money is for him, you know. So he yeah. has all the prize. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fun to watch these guys kind of transition. Cam Norrie is another player like that who, you know, came to the States, went to college, played at TCU, had success there and has really climbed up the rankings on the professional tour in the last few years. Um, so we've, we've seen that happen a lot, but they're not household names, these guys. I mean, maybe Fran is in Argentina, but... I, in the States, I don't, you know, think he would necessarily be a household name. Uh, same with Cam Nori. And yet these are guys that have kind of forged their own way uh, through the professional ranks and really climbed quickly. Yeah. You know, something that, that, that different things. Maybe 
one US guy that plays college can go through through the two or not. And maybe college is the is the main goal for a US player. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 Franz father has some theory that he's very he's right because he said that there's no Argentinian player that plays after college. Mm-hmm. Why? Because during during college everything is okay. You have rackets, you have strings, you have clothes, amazing facilities. When you have to start playing on the tour, you are in no very good tournaments, no very good players, places. So you have to to go through a path, maybe two, three, four years, very uncomfortable. So it's easier to to, to step out that pro career. In the France case, it was only six months and, and he wants to play. Mm. Yeah. So it goes back to that putting yourself in uncomfortable positions, right? That you're saying going to college is comfortable for most of these kids, that they have everything they need. They have the coach taking care of them. They have the physio, they have the gym, they have everything at their disposal. And so they kind of, they get too comfortable and then when they move back out onto the pro tour, all of a sudden they're thrown into a very uncomfortable environment. Uh, well, there are two sides because uh, a, a college student have to study, have to play the sport, and have to get results. You need both three. So it's not so comfortable, but it's more uncomfortable than playing the tour when you're just starting. Yeah. So it, they're kind of, Often different, but uh, um, I think that is that's an excellent path. And maybe if you want a pro career, you can go to an amazing program. And, and now you can play some tournaments between seasons and and just uh, tennis. Now I, I think it's wide open. There isn't one player that owns the circuit. There's a transition right now. Mm-hmm. That's why maybe maybe Fran. Is very is very focused and, and very high in the rankings. You know, Cameron Norrie is number twelve, and and you see playing and maybe you say, okay, twelve, not uh, outstanding. So there's a place for everyone there, and it's a lot of money. So one one thing that that Franz father said to me is that tennis is a channel, and and the problem is when you're in the middle and you don't see the light. But if you continue walking. There's an end of the channel, you know. So if you if you continue playing, 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 then the light will show up. Mm-hmm. So as, as as many business, no, you have it's not a one year success. You have to, yeah, maybe your podcast. How many years are you are you, well, are you posting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the other day, and the other day you interview Rick Macy. It's amazing, Rick Macy. I use Rick Macy's video to tune up my serve, you know. Yeah, it's amazing that guy. That's awesome. That's awesome. I um, want to get back. I want to get back to your parent education work that you're doing because you and I are, you know, we're in this in a very similar field, but we're coming at it from different angles. Given the fact that that you were a professional tennis player yourself, you have so much more knowledge on that side of things. Um, and and another piece of your work, Hernan, is that you're doing these weekly, I don't know if you call them blogs, articles, um, but you're publishing weekly. And when you first started, you had told me that one of the purposes of that was so that you could get more fluent writing in English. Um, Your English is amazing, way better than my Spanish. Um, But 
there, there's also another purpose to that, not just trying to get better in English, because there are lots of things you could do to get better in English. So what made you want to start sharing these ideas and really delving into the parent education piece of this? Well, um, the world speaks in English, you know, I can write in Spanish and you have some kind of, of ceiling uh, so as I can do both, I work a lot in my English last three three years, and I improve as you said. But uh, it's a daily practice, you know. So I I commit myself to do the uncomfortable and post a weekly a weekly I call writing Wednesdays. Um, so uh, my my followers can be engaged. My followers can can get some things for free, you know and can get some advices and, and can uh, forward that image to a friend that is in need. So yeah, that's the, that's the main thing. And I, I develop certain kind of, how do you say, products or, or, or tools because I have a course and my course is to, is to build muscle, you know, is to create habits. You have 25 videos, we want to task every video. So you are changing your behavior. And then I can do one-on-one coaching that you maybe do the same thing. You, you deal with a specific problem and you give the other person a, a way, an action plan, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I have the books that there's some stories, my story, my kids' stories, and some experiences. And, and with all the three things, it's a package that um, I think is a useful package for, for every parent to that have kids in sports, yeah. Yeah. And it's really, it's not limited to tennis, as you said, it's kids in sports, but it's not even limited to sports, quite honestly. It's parents of kids who are pursuing any passion, whether it's the arts, whether it's academics, um, STEM, whatever it is that the kids are pursuing at a high level, there is that challenge for the parent to support the child also impose boundaries, um, also teach the family ethos and uphold that. Also, you know, make sure that as you and I talk about a lot, the relationship with the child remains healthy and that the child remains healthy mentally and emotionally throughout the process. So, you know, the things that you and I both talk about really cross lots of boundaries, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I really enjoy when, when my relationship with my kids is healthy uh, because first, I can behave different than what I preach. So I, ha- I have to be outstanding in my in my conversation with them and limit the, the words and, and the moments. Maybe for, for a couple of days, I don't talk to them because there's no need to talk, you know? So... Uh, it's, it's an important training for me being in this business. Mm. So that's one thing. The other thing is that we are in a different uh, period when we were young, when our, our dads or mom tell it was mandatory and that there was no, no complaint about it. Now you have to negotiate, you have to deal, you have to understand more. So it's more difficult, you know? So you have to be more aware. Um, the other thing that I realized is that if you let the kids express themselves, they are always right. They're 
always right. But you have to give them to give them the, the space to to do it and create the the atmosphere, the environment to to make so, you know. So yeah, it's just, it's a challenge, it's an everyday challenge. Maybe you listen to me and you think, ah, you you you, you did it. No, I, I I'm doing it every day. Every day I have the chance to be better or worse. You know, in every interaction you 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 can do it wrong or you can do it right. And and no matter what happened the day before, tomorrow is another day, another challenge. Yeah, for sure. When you look back at your now, what your your oldest is, how old did you say? 25 now? 25, yeah. Yeah. So looking back on your 25 years of being a parent, is there a moment that jumps out at you as the worst moment of your parenting that you can now look at and say, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I said that, or I cannot believe I did that, or I cannot believe I sat back and let that happen. Uh, It wasn't one thing. It was a parenting model. I was copying my father's model. My son quit tennis and I have to find another way to approach my kid, you know? So yeah, maybe uh, as I told you that that kids are always right. Once uh, Julian was nine years old and he has to play a semifinal in number ten, and and we play he play uh, a Sunday afternoon and he play a tough guy that steals balls and um, I didn't say to him that he was going to play on Sunday. Maybe he, he will default that no because I, I didn't want to 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 go through all that thing you know because under ten matches are, are earned for one ball, you know, so yeah. that's tough. And and then I say, ah, oh, you're supposed to play to today, but I say it's better not to go. And he said to me something very, very enlightening. He said, I don't train to default. Okay. We have to we have nine to years play. old. Wow. And yeah, so I don't train to default. Wow. We went there. It was a mess and he won six four in the first set, but it's always right, you know. Kids are always right. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, from the mouths of babes, right, they say. Um, And and so what did you take from that, and how did that change how you communicated with Julian? Well, first, when when he quit tennis, everything I said, it was wrong. Hmm. Everything I said, it was wrong. Uh, He was in the second day on the preseason, and then... And the second day, I went to to I went to watch his practice. Uh, one thing that I highly recommend to avoid it, and he, he, he yeah, highly recommend. And and he was not uh, doing his best effort. And I said some things to him. Then we went to the car. And I told my wife, and she said another things. And she and he said, okay, if it's tennis is a problem in this family, I quit playing tennis. Mm-hmm. So the other, the other day, when I went to wake up him to wake up him. He said, I quit tennis. I quit tennis. I'm done. And then he was done. And, and I had to make tons of silence for maybe six months. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's a long time. That's a long time yeah. because everything I said, it was a mistake. So it was better not to. And then one important thing that I did, I was started focusing on myself, on my exercise, on my job. Things that many parents leave behind when they have a kid in sports, you know, 
they they occupy that time thinking about the racket, the coach, the string instead of their job, you know. Yeah. So uh, you need money to to play some tournaments. So it's better to have a, a nice job or have a a profitable company. So I start taking care of myself, and then there was a um, uh, two years after that, he said to me in on Christmas Eve that he wanted to return tennis to play um, to play college tennis to yeah. earn a scholarship. Okay, great. We went to vacation, two weeks vacation, no rackets, no practicing, two years with nothing. When we returned, I said to him, uh, who's going to be your coach? Uh, and he said, no, I want to hit with Sebastian, my other son and my, my friends. Okay, three weeks with this. And I started contacting some college coaches, you know. And the U.S., if you don't have track record, you're done. Yeah. And they asked for me for a video. And a ranking, I didn't have neither both. So I I booked him on a, on a tournament. And he went there. And the day that he played, I was on our home. And he returned. And he said to me, I can make it. I can move myself. Mm-hmm. He lost the first round on a basic entry-level tournament, 6-4 in the third. And, and, and in that moment, I said to him, OK, I will help you a couple of weeks. I will train you. We shot the video, and then you find someone to to train. And he said yes. In that moment, he shifted. Mm-hmm. He accepted my my help. You know, said so two years without nothing. And he accepted, and it was it was a it was a very tough path for him. Two years without playing, have to play tournaments, talk to coaches, and and all the English exams. And it was very tough, but he accepted my help, and that was a the. Right. But it was it was on his terms. He his came terms. to you and said, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And I had a similar experience with my son, too. So I, I get that. And that's that's, again, going back to what you said, that listen to your child. The child is always right. They they may not be right for that moment. But when you mm-hmm. go back and reflect on it. I think that's more what you mean that, you know, I, I need to really hear what they're saying here. Their words may not be the right thing, but the intent behind the words is the right thing. Yeah, and there is something more, you know, because you are you are not alone. You have a husband and I have a wife and sometimes you are encapsulated in the thing and you don't listen to no one. And, and that's a good opportunity to listen to your significant other. Mm-hmm. Because for sure he or she has something to say and, and to, to shift your perspective, you know, and that is important. Yeah. Because there, there are many people that talk to you that are outside your inner circle and they, they have their own agenda, you know, but your significant other is, is the core. So you have to listen to him or her. Yeah. And it is really helpful when one parent is the tennis parent and the other parent is really taking a back seat and is on the sidelines and, you know, maybe tending to the other children in the family or working a job that's paying for the tennis. My, my husband still refers to himself as the tennis payer because now I'm the one that he's paying for to, to play. But um, I think that is having that balance is really critical. If both parents are all in with the tennis, it makes for a very stressful environment. 
Yeah, and, and what I've said to you that every every person has their own agenda, you know. And tennis is very tough. I know uh, Richard Williams never never make her, her daughters play the junior tournaments because it was a very tough environment. Mm. And that was a, a great decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I totally get it. All right. Well, Hernan, we um I want to just wind this down, but I would love to give you an opportunity to share with our audience how to contact you, um, how to get your books, how to sign up for your course and your newsletter and those things. So um, time to to promote. Okay. My, my website is hernanchosa.com. And there you can, you can sign up for the newsletter. I have the, the course and, and the one-on-one -on -one consultation. I will come up maybe next week with a signature package, course, consultation, and book all in one, just to have the whole package available. And I think it's, it's worth it to, to, to give it a chance and give it a chance to your son no? to improve yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll have that link in the show notes on parentingaces.com as well. Um, can people reach out to you directly or is there a contact link in on the website? Um, my, my Instagram is Hernan.chosa and my LinkedIn is Hernan.chosa. Uh, so you can contact me directly, okay. you know, not for the webpage. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty active in the, in the, in the social media and always giving some tips and advice to, to parents, you know? Yeah. Perfect. So we, again, we'll have all those links in the show notes on parentingaces.com. It's always such a pleasure to speak with you. I, um, I love kind of having the interaction with someone else who is working in the same arena and, and I always learn from you. So thank you for that. Thank you for taking time. And I know it's a bit of a challenge with the time difference between Argentina and the States, but uh, we always seem to find a way to make it work. Yeah, we find a way because uh, this is a lonely industry, you know, we are not too many, so we have to to be back to back ourselves and and share the the, the small things that we experience to, to other parents, so we can make the path easier to their their kids. Yeah. You know, I that's love the it. main thing that that we are doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Hernan, thank you again for taking time. To my audience, thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at parentingaces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community.